Welcome to the Open House podcast site, available at openhousecommunity.com.au. Now, for the first time for 2013, time to catch up with some of the latest from our amazing world of new media and social media. By my calculations, it's just on two months since we've spoken to Steve Krieger, so there's lots to catch up on. Steve, welcome back. Thanks, Lee. Great to talk. I want to begin with by far the most important bit of news, Steve, and it's got absolutely nothing to do with new media and social media. Tell us your very happy news, my friend. Oh, thanks. Yeah, this is uh, much more exciting than the latest uh, Facebook <laughs> update. Oh, uh, yes. At the end of December, on the, the 28th of December, my uh, wife gave birth to our baby boy, Lucas, uh, which was great news. We're very thankful to God for, uh, for that. He came out healthy and big and long and all the things <laughs> that a baby um, uh, should be. So we're, we're really uh, happy and enjoying getting to know him. Great stuff. Uh, five weeks on, is he still sleeping? <laughs> uh, well, he is sometimes, and my wife is even less. <laughs> That's right. Oh, well. Lovely news, and congratulations Thank from you. all of us. So, uh, there's nothing to top that off, but still, as I said, there's so much to talk about in your specialty of new media and social media. And you mentioned Facebook. I want to hone in on Facebook, pick out three particular aspects of the current Facebook story. Now, first, it's actually trying to muscle in to become an internet browser. Tell us about that. Yeah, this is interesting. I mean, there's so much that's going on with Facebook, and we'll explore this uh, a little bit in our chat now, because Facebook consumes so much time that people spend online. It's the number one location for time spent uh, on the Internet, and Facebook is working hard to make sure this continues and that our time on their website increases. Uh, And so in the past, search on Facebook has been pretty limited. You can search for a person or uh, a particular location. But Facebook recently launched something called Graph Search. Uh, And Graph Search is a a function that lets uh, users discover people and photos, places and interests, but also to see how these things interconnect and relate to one another. So, for example, as one journalist looked up, Uh, They discovered that employees of the age like to listen to Pearl Jam, Michael Jackson and the Kings of Leon, and employees of the Australian uh, newspaper like Radiohead, Bob Dylan and the Blazing Zoos. So by using these kind of these, there's 40 different search parameters you can can use with graph search. You're able to narrow down... uh, information quite um quite neatly Mm. so the big thing that facebook wants to promote is that this is a way of seeing how your friends um the 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 types of things that your friends do and like so for example you could search you know which of my friends have been on a holiday to thailand or what are the favorite sushi restaurants of my friends in sydney city and the key is tapping into people that we know and trust to find out information that they have shared on, on, on Facebook. And if Facebook has its way, we'll be spending less and less time searching for stuff on Google. What are the implications of that? Yeah, I mean, Facebook's desire is to become, you know, what's, what's known as a walled garden. So they want you to come and play in their backyard and to never really have any reason to go elsewhere. You can find everything that you want to do on Facebook. Uh, they've been expanding what they um, provide for mobile devices, so they're, they're a bit of a one-stop shop on, on your mobile phone. They're not quite up there yet to be able to compete with Google, uh, and they continue to um, uh, to be very quick to say that Graph Search is not a replacement to um, to the Google search engine. 
but they really are moving in this direction and uh, they've already flagged that graph search will be quite um, have a lot of potential for recruiters who are able to search for people under particular criteria but also for people looking for relationships as you're able to narrow down um, your search for particular people who um, are like you or perhaps not like you, um, hunt them down and then um, get in contact with them. I'm bound to ask this question. Is it all about money for Facebook? And do you think it will catch on? Yeah, look, I think it is. um, I mean, at the end of the day, it is about money for Facebook. They're not uh, providing a public service. Uh, They are out to make money. And it's no secret that last year um, they were really struggling. And so the board has said to Mark Zuckerberg, you've got to start finding some ways to to make money out of this thing. Uh, And so they are exploring some really creative ways to start to monetize our information. And that's the reality of Facebook, is that we are the product. Our information is the commodity that uh, enables them to uh, make a profit. Uh, And so Facebook will continue to look for ways of taking the information, the things that we share, in order to increase their revenue. Which leads me to the second aspect of the Facebook story I was wanting to cover, the revealing, maybe disturbing way it is seeking to cash in on our everyday use of social media. They are. I mean, they've estimated, and I I don't know how they make these estimates, that each individual on Facebook is currently worth $5 a year to the Facebook uh, organisation. And in the next 12 months, they're really looking at how they can increase the value of uh, each individual. And so they've been experimenting in recent months with a whole bunch of different ways of, of making money. They've always had advertisements uh, and they've been you know, reasonably successful with advertisements because they've been able to connect people with products that you know, relate to their specific interests. But in more recent times, um, they've been doing a whole bunch of different things. They've added ads to their mobile application. So even when you're searching on Facebook on your phone, you'll see uh, advertising. People can now pay for their Facebook updates to be promoted so that um, it's kind of pushed up the chain and so that your friends have to see that post. They're increasing the different types of advertising. So if you like a particular post or product or place, on Facebook and we're friends, that advertiser is then uh, able to put their ads in front of my eyeballs because it knows that we're friends and that we might like similar things. And because you like that product, it starts to push that information onto my page. And advertisers can pay for that that privilege to show me the things that that you like. They're launching uh, video advertising as well on the mobile platform. There's a whole bunch of things that they're going to be experimenting with this year, and they've they've tried at the end of last year. They've uh, been experimenting with being able to pay to send someone a, a message on Facebook who you're not already friends with. Be careful who you like. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, look, as they have since the beginning, they've been getting some backlash on some of these things. But for Facebook, it's just a process of experimentation to work out how they can continue to to grow. So how can we be more alert to the way, yes, Facebook could be making money, but we're facilitating something we're probably not entirely aware of? Yeah, I think the key uh, is to uh, not be naive about why Facebook exists. As I said earlier, Facebook isn't providing a community service. They don't exist um, as a network for um, connecting people with one another because they just 
love relationships and, and love to connect people up. Yes. Uh, let's be fair to Facebook. You know, they are providing a really useful service and it's one that we, you know, many of us benefit from and has enabled us to stay in touch with a whole bunch of people that we never would have been able to before. But let's remember that every piece of information that we put online about ourselves can be used by Facebook and advertisers to connect us with products and, and places and things. And so let's, let's not be surprised when we start seeing, um, you know, uh, advertisements popping up uh, that are relating to things that we have been talking about on our yes. Facebook page because that's how it works. Timely reminder. So third on Facebook, probably not much of a surprise, we've found Facebook Envy. Some German researchers have been looking at this and they've come up with uh, some quite concrete and concerning findings. They have. I think it is concerning that it kind of taps into who we are and, and how we feel. Uh, in their research, they discovered that uh, looking at the, the photos of friends on holidays and the updates about people's uh, love lives and, and new relationships uh, and also our, our friends' successes at work are triggering feelings of misery and, and loneliness. Uh, and interestingly, as far as statistics go, they said that one in three people felt worse after visiting Facebook wow. and felt more dissatisfied with their lives than they did before they, they went on. I mean, that's, that's huge, isn't it, to have okay. one in three people feeling like that. Yeah, and some of these people actually leave Facebook or at least reduce their use of the site. They did. I mean, that's probably not, um, not unwise. The people who don't contribute, who are just um, passive consumers rather than uh, actively involved in putting posts up, are the ones who are most likely to have these feelings of, of misery and loneliness and discontent. Probably you're the kind of person who may well benefit from, from leaving Facebook altogether. It's also found, I was amused, the differences between the kind of stuff men post as opposed to women. You know, it probably says a lot about men and women in, yes. uh, in these results. You know, men are, you know, are talking uh, a lot more about you know, self-promotional content, talking about their accomplishments, well, whereas women are, are talking about their looks um, and their, their social lives and the things that they've been doing with one another. I mean, that's certainly true as I look at the updates that my friends post on yes. Facebook. So what's the advice, Steve? And it probably goes to an identity question of this Facebook envy. It's huge. I mean, and I think this is something that we continue to explore as Facebook continues and all social media continues to roll out a, a change in, in how we see ourselves. My observation is, and you know, perhaps you and others can relate to this, I don't sit at home on the couch thinking that I need new clothes or new books or, or new music. That doesn't really kind of consume me. But when I kind of wander into the shopping centre and I look around, suddenly I think, oh, I need a new suit and you know, I wish I had that CD. And suddenly you feel discontent with what you have simply by looking around. You know, Facebook is, is doing this to us Partly because what people are presenting of themselves on Facebook is never the full story. Your life isn't just about nice holidays to uh, Hawaii and new relationships and great successes at, at jobs and funny stories and attractive photos. We're much more than that. But what we choose to promote on Facebook is usually, and it's not true for everyone, but it's usually the good times, the wins, the successes. And so it's hard for us to remember that the people who are posting, our friends, um, aren't necessarily giving us 
the full story of what their life is about. But there's a bigger question, I think, you know, relates to, as you say, identity, uh, and that's about understanding. And this is, you know, particularly true for uh, for those of us who are, are Christians about where our identity is found. Is it found in who we know and what we do and, and how we're going and where we've been, or is it found in who we know, that is, Jesus, uh, and having our identity bound up entirely in him and what he has done and what, where he is, is ultimately taking us. There's great wisdom in that. And when you speak of identity, this is amazing. You found quite a tale about a footballer and his girlfriend. Take us through this one. It's both amazing and, and, and sad at yeah. the same time, really. So um, uh, Manti Teo, I'm not sure if that's, I've pronounced his name correctly. He was a staff footballer at the... Uh, uh, University of uh, Notre Dame or Notre Dame as they, uh, yes, they say on, on the West Wing yeah. um, and his identity was was very closely tied to his leukemia stricken girlfriend and he used to speak a lot of, about his girlfriend and share her, her Twitter updates and they had a, a three year relationship uh, and then when she died he went out and put out uh, a super performance uh, on, the, on the football field um, shortly after her death the thing is, she, uh, she never died because she never existed. Uh, and uh, this, this footballer um, had a relationship, but it, they had never actually met one another. It was conducted completely online. And as he later discovered and felt quite embarrassed and humiliated uh, about, um, she was a fake. Um, she never existed. Um, she was an account that someone had... Uh, created online um, to to scam him, to dupe him, uh, to embarrass him, uh, and this uh, went on for three years uh, until he was um, uh, until he, he found out and discovered for himself that she wasn't actually real. So revealing, and as you say, so sad. And there's one revealing quote about this story, and it's this: There is a widespread sense, perhaps untrue, that people can be most real when they are most hidden that we can only speak our true minds when our faces and names are invisible. That says so much, doesn't it? It's huge. It says something about how we, um, you know, it, uh, it comes back, it reminds me of what's happening kind of in, in, in Genesis 3, you know, of what happens when uh, humanity falls and suddenly that kind of nakedness and the vulnerability becomes uh, a weakness and something that we try to, to hide from. And so much of our online lives are about not showing uh kind of not really knowing exactly who we are and so we have these two extremes one here of uh manti teo of extreme intimacy with someone who he's never met before opening up to such extreme lengths and then we go to the other extreme as we which we looked at you know last year of uh bullying and trolling of people doing unimaginable unimaginably cruel things to people they've never met and things they would never do mm. in person. And so that kind of that anonymity that the internet provides um, really changes the types of relationships that we pursue and how we behave in those environments. Yes, there's this other powerful quote about this story at its root. This was a story about the deep need to believe, which should give us all... Great pause for thought, I think. Absolutely. Steve, finally, let's finish with uh, one, one interesting approach with parents constantly struggling to know what to do with all their kids' technology. This is a mum who gave her son, 13-year-old, a contract with the gift of an iPhone. Take us through 
a few of the clauses of this contract between mother and child. Yeah, I, I love this contract, <laughs> Lee. I think it's 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 fabulous. It's yeah. very different to any contract that you'll um, find with your <laughs> yes. mobile phone provider. Yep. The first point in this contract is great. His mother writes, it is my phone, I bought it, I pay for it, I'm loaning it to you. Yeah. So she's established kind of whose phone it is. Um, she says, if, if the phone rings, answer it. It's a phone. Say hello, use your manners, don't ever ignore a phone call if the screen reads mum or dad. <laughs> um, she explains the boundaries about when you know, the phone needs to be handed into the parents at the end of the day and it can be collected again uh, in, the, in the morning. Um, you know, not using the technology to lie or fool or to deceive others. Don't text or email or say anything through this device that you wouldn't say uh, in person. Point 11, she says, turn it off, silence it and put it away in public, especially at a restaurant, at the movies or while speaking with another human being. Yes. You are not a rude person. Yeah. Do not allow the iPhone to change it. Mm. But I love the, the last point, which I think is particularly helpful. She says, and this is you know, true for all of us, you know, we, we stuff up. She says, you will mess up. I will take away your phone. We will sit down and talk about it. We will start over again. You and I, we are always learning. I'm on your team. We are in this together. It's beautiful. Um, and she's established these, these ground rules um, and some boundaries for how the technology will be used, which, to be honest, in my kind of discussions with lots of parents, they haven't really thought through much at all. No. She's outlined how it's going to be used and some warnings for him in using it, but she's also giving him the freedom to use it to, to do good uh, and to enjoy it. And I think, you know, that's why God has given us technology. It's ultimately to enjoy and to grow and to use it to, to love others, and she's allowed him to do that. What a great, wise mum. And there was this one observation made about this story of this kid Gregory and his mum, that Gregory is being treated like an adult as the document offers areas of discussion, good advice, and a sense of what commitment is. For a 13-year-old, that's gold. It's, it's great. She's setting him up well to use that uh, technology. I think, uh, um, yeah, good advice for lots of parents, and including myself, in about uh, 13 years and nine months. <laughs> I was going to say, and I'm sure you'll be exercising all this with Lucas powerfully. I'll, I'll put it away in a file. Yeah, not yet, though. <laughs> Make the most of it. Steve Krieger, always love speaking. Thank you so much indeed for joining us again. Thanks. We hope you enjoyed this Open House podcast. Thanks to Christian Super and Real World Technology Solutions. To hear more from Open House, visit openhousecommunity.com.au.